Hey guys, Alex here. You guys are probably listening to our podcast thinking, hey, it, this sounds like a great idea to start my own, but where do I start? Well, why don't you start here at Anchor? It's completely free. There are great creation tools that will allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and I'm recording this ad from my phone right now. Anchor will also distribute distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, plus many, many more. You can also make money off of your podcast with no minimum listenership. Plus, it's everything you need to make one podcast in one place. Simple as that, guys. So make sure you download the Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started on your podcast to pursue your passion. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a fourth episode of Ballers Paradise Podcast. I am your host, Alex Arbogast, along with my co-host... Matt Gilbert. Yep, Matt Gilbert and I will be discussing, of course, some of the more recent trends that have happened in the NBA so far today, or as of today, I should say, and I think we should go with, obviously, the biggest fish of them all, Mac, that happened Monday, and that was Jimmy Butler finally getting his wish. Uh, the Timberwolves guard, you know, he pulled all those shenanigans uh, earlier in the year, not playing games, you know, cussing out the uh, management, the owner, the GM, all the players, everyone there, you know, just making a big mockery of the organization in some way, shape, or form. In any way, shape, or form, he was just not being a professional, especially, you know, in the Golden State game, waving the towel during the game. Well, Monday night, his dream did come true as he was traded to the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, him and Justin Patton and, uh, excuse me, a second-round pick in exchange for uh, Sixers forwards Robert Covington and Dario Saric, uh, guard veteran Jared Bayless to go to Minnesota, I believe, with a pick, too, if I'm not mistaken. So that might contribute into there as well. And after the trade... Uh, according to uh, Las Vegas's uh, odds to win the title, Philly's odds have actually skyrocketed to fourth best now to win the NBA title. They're only behind the Golden State Warriors, Boston Celtics, and the Toronto Raptors. I don't believe they're in that order, but those are the three that they are behind. So, Mac, I got to ask you, what do you think about the move, and who do you think won the trade? You know, this is He's been wanting this for ever since the season started, so it's nice to finally see this. You know, it is nice. Um, One thing I wanted to mention to you is you said this happened on Monday night. I thought this happened Saturday. Yeah, um, yeah, you're right. This this, this, this trade happened Saturday because I, I remember where we were at the time when it happened. Yeah, you're right. That was not bad. Uh, I think this is a good trade for Philly. I think Philly definitely won this trade. I think, like you said there, chances of winning the championship definitely went up. Um, Minnesota didn't get a bad deal though. Robert Covington, Dario Sark, and Jared Bayless are all very good players. They're not superstars by any means, but they're very good players. And Minnesota has a young team, and I think these three pieces can fit very well in Minnesota. However, I think, like you said, Philadelphia's chances of winning a championship just got a little bit higher because now they have, um, I don't want to say Jimmy Butler's an old guy, but they have now a veteran coming in there with some young talent like Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. So this team is, I think, will definitely get to the Eastern Conference Finals 
if not the finals. It's going to be a fight between them, Boston, and... Uh, I'll even put them up there as the number two. I mean, All right. I, I don't know if, what Toronto's going to do in the playoffs. I mean, they have Kawhi now, but you still never know about that. So I'm calling 76ers are going to the Eastern Conference Finals this year. I love this move. Great move for Philly. I don't know if you could have scripted a better move. They missed out in free agency. LeBron, Paul George, Kawhi, they missed out on all those guys. And to get Jimmy Butler signifies that this is the star that they finally got. The one thing that I saw with this, I think this was really interesting, was that they're not only trying to get him this year, but they are hoping to sign him long-term after this year. Because remember... He's a free agent after this year. He is a big... He's going to be one of those big fish free agents this offseason. So if Philly does really well, he might actually stay with the Sixers. And that's big. That's huge. If Philly can secure this. Oh, that that will be more than huge. Yeah, I I would agree with that statement. It, it definitely shows that Philly won the trade. Don't get me wrong. Um, Minnesota, they got a lot of good pieces back. Robert Covington, a great 3 and D guy. Um... Dar Saric, a nice young power forward for the NBA or for the for Minnesota as well, really coming into his own as of late. A veteran point guard in Jared Bayless to help uh, rejuvenate the team, and because right now, and then, and then in Minnesota you got some young talent there too. You got you Towns, do. you got Wiggins, mm-hmm. um, you got Josh Okoki, and then you got the other rookie that I can't pronounce his name. And Derek Rose, um. Yeah, you got Derrick Rose, too. You, you can't count him out. I mean, no. everyone thought he was washed up, but he had two really good games this year that he did. might show signs that he's still got something left. Yes, I would agree with that because, you know, last year we were I was on the bandwagon saying, hey, he's still got some left. And look, he's definitely got still some left. But Minnesota's right now the 14th best team in the Western Conference with a 5-9 and nine record. It'll be interesting to see if they'll even make the playoffs because here's an interesting statistic. Every single team that Jeff Teague has been on in his NBA career, they've made the playoffs. So right now, if you have Jeff Teague on your team, odds are you're making the playoffs, but this is the West. Based on the statistics, do you know how long Jeff Teague's been in the NBA now? Roughly about, say about nine or ten years, if I'm not mistaken. Then, then yes, I think they do have a shot to make the playoffs. Uh, yeah, but again, this is, this the, is West, the West, but, but you know, we'll, like, yeah. we even said that, I mean... Jeff Teague making the playoffs, but LeBron James has also made the playoffs for I don't know how many years now. That might be broken this year. We don't know. Oh, no, it will be broken. It will be broken this year. <laughs> I know you want it to be broken, but... No, I'm no, gonna... it, it, will be, it will be broken. And trust me. We'll make a bet on that another day to All see right. what will happen. All right. Well, I, I still, to my third question that I need to answer, I still think that Philly is a lock for Eastern Conference Finals. Getting Jimmy Butler really helps them. Especially in the fourth quarter, because I saw a statistic uh, yesterday, actually, where the Sixers are the worst fourth quarter scoring team in the NBA, and Jimmy Butler is the first uh, highest point per game fourth quarter scoring average in the NBA. So he scores the most points in the fourth quarter in the NBA. So this is going to be a huge boost to their fourth quarter offense. It might just be what they need, too. So mm-hmm. For their first year being together, I thought Philly played very well in the playoffs last year. I, I really did. I would agree, too. And one more thing I wanted to ask you real quick before we move on to this. We know that, obviously, Marco Fultz has been starting for them at the two-guard position. Yeah. But now with Butler being there, 
Is this going to have any impact on him? Because obviously he's going to go to the bench, is what we're all assuming. You but know, do you think this is going to have any impact on him mentally? See, here's what I see kind of happening. Mm-hmm. I see you might have to move um, Ben Simmons back to the power forward. Mm-hmm. or And then move Fultz to the number one, put Butler at the number two. Or, there's a big or here. Mm-hmm. You keep Simmons at the point, Fultz at the two. Move Jimmy Butler to the three. Now Jimmy Butler has proven he can play small forward before. So yes, he has. And um, the starting lineup actually came out for tonight's game, which Butler is suspected to play against the Orlando Magic tonight. He'll make his debut tonight. Starting lineup was, if I, my memory can serve me correct here, excuse me, is going to be Ben Simmons at the one, JJ at the two, Butler at the three. So he's going to be playing small forward. Wilson Chandler is your starting power forward, and then Joel Embiid. That's not a bad starting five, honestly. That's a pretty good one. But my thing is, is that I saw a video of Stephen A. Smith the other day saying that the Philadelphia needs to trade Marco Fultz. What do you think about that? I, you know, to to me, it kind of makes sense though. It, it does. does a little bit because he's a number one overall pick, and I think he has a lot of poten- potential. But Philadelphia is one of those teams that's got a lot of depth, so I don't know if Markel Fultz can be Markel Fultz. In Philadelphia. Personally, I would a trade I would make, I don't know if this will go through and this might whack up Philadelphia a little bit. Maybe trade Marco Fultz to the Lakers for someone. Um, cause why, why do you always say the Lakers? Why? LeBron needs some support there. He needs a supporting cast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the guy that went from Cleveland to L.A. in a matter of one hour. And again, we are... again, we're going to, have to edit this phone out, but <laughs> but again, I watching that video of Stephen A. saying why they should trade him, it's definitely a psychological issue. Because if you look, go back and look at his college career, he's not the same player that he was. He's definitely not that same player that he was originally. He's not the 25-per-game point scorer uh, that averaged five boards, seven assists, the first overall pick, Marco Fultz, from Washington State. Or was it, no, it was Washington, Washington State. He's not He's not that type of player anymore because apparently reports have came out again. We're throwing out so many reports, at least I am, that his shooting coach that he, sh- that he was with over the summer, Drew Halen, they're not even on speaking terms. They're not even working out anymore. They don't even speak to each other. It's gone. Basically, that relationship is gone. So what I think has to happen is, you know, seeing that kind of report makes you think, okay, maybe this guy's not, I don't want to say he's crazy, but he's just not in the right place. Because getting rid of a five-star coach, shooting coach and trainer of Drew Halen and having a bad reputation you have you have to wonder what's going on with that relationship because that guy is one of the most res- respected trainers in the NBA. He coaches guys like you know, LeBron, D Wade. Uh, well, D Wade does run me a workout, so I really can't say that. Uh, ben Simmons, he does Ben Simmons and too. Speaking of D Wade, another place you could actually might be able to train him to is Miami Heat. Because that's true. Think about it. Dwayne Wade is, as we said before, he's announced this is the last year of his career. Sweet sixteen. Oh, yeah, it's been 16 years. I thought for yep. a second it might have been 17. Nope. They've Sweet all been 16. in the league for 16 years now. Yep. And they're going to need to rebuild. I mean, they have Whiteside. They got, um, what's that other guy's name again? Nikon Dragic. 
Dragic, yep. He's a point guard. You could put Markel Fultz down there at the number two, so maybe trade him to Miami and see if you can get some pieces for him there. Potentially. I'm not saying that you couldn't, but there's definitely a possibility that a trade could go through if he does not pan out. I know last year we took a big toll on him, and you can definitely tell psychologically, but he's the number one overall pick. He does not want to be the next Kwame Brown or Sam Bowie or Greg Oden. Maybe he does not want to be one of those guys. Greg Oden, uh, I don't know if you could put him up there as a bust. I mean, mm-hmm. he w- didn't have the career that everyone said he was going to have, but he wasn't a horrible career like Kwame Brown and who was that other guy? Sam Bowie. Another one we're forgetting about, Anthony Bennett. That's true, yeah. He was the biggest bust of all of them, in my opinion. Yeah, I would say so. I don't. Kwame Brown at least played a good few years in the NBA. Yeah, he played at least good. Bennett was in it for like two or three years, and then he was out of the league. He's in the G League right now. Yeah, he's in the G League right now. I think. Still, that's the number one overall pick in the G League. Yeah, it's true. You you are not wrong. That is definitely true. 2013 draft though, that was kind of a little bit of a disappointment. The only one that you can say. Yeah, Indiana Pacers star Victor Oladipo. He's been phenomenal. He's yeah. re- he's the only real standout one, except from Michael Carter Williams. Michael Carter Williams had a good first year after that. Yeah, after that, like, yeah. yeah, he's in Houston right now. Trey so. Burke is another one who I think came that year. I believe he's, so. I believe he so. We have to look up, up the hype but... that everyone thought he'd live up to in his first year. And who else was in that draft? I can't remember. I don't know, but we'll have to look that up some other day. I do I do still think Philly's a lock though, for sure. They have the right pieces. You know, they came up short 4-1 last year. I think they could have taken Boston to 7 easily, but I love the addition of Jimmy Butler. He's going to provide some excellent perimeter defense, a great leadership on and off the court. He's going to help mentor these young guys and he's they all three of them have the same winning attitude. From what, you know, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid have said to the media, you know, they've already, you know, made phone calls to Carly and Towns and Wiggins, and they're asking, asking, okay, hey, what's he like? Uh, you know, what can we expect? And they've all said great positive things about him. And that that's not just to put that in, um, not not to discredit him or nothing, but you know, they got to give them what, what they need to give them, and that's it. You know, you got to tell it how it is, and that's what they said. So. Speaking of Dwayne Wade, we got to talk about uh, another person in the 03 draft, and that is Carmelo Anthony. He's got some uh, problems going on with Houston. Reports have come out that Mr. Anthony's representatives are now looking for at landing spots for him after his time uh, with Houston is appearing to come to an end after apparently getting blamed for the team not doing so well this year. Obviously, they are uh, 6 and 7, uh, which we will get to here later in the show. Um, yeah, and he's also uh, showing difficulty coming off the bench and being a sixth man for the team. On an episode of The Jump, uh, which is a show on ESPN hosted by Rachel Nichols, and she has like Steven Jackson, Trace McGrady, Scotty Pippen, some former NBA uh, superstars, and a good player. I'm not going to put Steven Jackson in the superstar category because he was, if anything, you could say he was a great player. I wouldn't necessarily put him as a star, but he was a great player. Uh, basically saying, uh, Tracy McGrady, this is what he had to say about 
Carmelo, he says that Carmelo should have retired to save his Hall of Fame career, considering that uh, Houston and OKC, both the stints there, have not been so kind to him lately. So, Mac, what do you think Carmelo should do? Do you think he should retire? Do you think he should look for a new spot? And if you think he shouldn't retire, where should he go? You know, Carmelo's one of those players. He's not nowhere near the Carmelo he used to be. And I, I think, yeah, maybe it's time for him to go. This guy is one of those guys who's not really um, loyal to any team, and I don't know if he'd fit in anywhere. Think about it. He's on a new team almost. Since he left the Knicks, he's been on I don't know how many new teams now. Two. It'll be two if you're counting Houston. So OKC first year and then Houston. And then he got traded from the Hornets. Like So this is like... So many teams, he's like bouncing around to so many teams ever since he's left the Knicks two years ago. Yeah. So, I think maybe it is time for him to retire. But if he doesn't retire, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you send him to the Clippers or something. That's just some place where they're kind of just looking for one key guy. Like I know they have a young team, but a veteran who can help out might be Carmelo Anthony. That's just the only place I could see him going if he goes anywhere. Uh, I uh, see this is interesting. I would like to see Carmelo retire, but I don't at the same time. You know, Carmelo's had such a great career, not only with Denver and the Knicks, but just a career, a great career overall. Sure, he didn't have the success of some of his former colleagues in, in that 03 draft, but I think he's made a very good name for himself in the league. To me, you know, I was reading a article on Bleacher Report yesterday of the top five places where you should go. Golden State, Philadelphia, Boston. Fourth place was the Lakers, and then he should just retire. It said top ten, but really there was um, only five, which was kind of bad for Bleacher Report put. 10 instead of 5, so that was bad on their part. The only good place I could see out of those four teams would be the Lakers. Because he would at least be starting, but he'd be playing second field to LeBron. And I'm sure LeBron would welcome him to the Lakers, for sure. I'm sure there's no question about that. It's just whether or not now can... He do well on a team because we all know how good of a offensive specialist and how great of a scorer he is. But it's going to be hard to see how the team as a whole or how he could impact the team. Because remember, this this guy, like you've said, I don't know how many times, Mac, he is an offensive specialist. All he does is score. That's really all that's he does. That's literally all he's done his whole career. So, Well, that's what he's known for is being a scorer. So, I mean... You can't. I mean, at one time, I think, um, I don't know, maybe Giannis is up there now, but at one time, about six or seven years ago, you put um, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and Carmelo Anthony as the three best small forwards in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Now I think it's become more of LeBron James, Kevin Durant. Maybe you have to throw Giannis in there at number three. I would. And I mean, then Gordon Hayward's very good. Kawhi. Kawhi's very good, but... I think Giannis has 
put himself up there at number three now. Yeah, so. I I would agree. I would agree with you on that. I definitely think Giannis is the third best small forward in the league right now. Of course, I'm still going to put KD in, so, in front of LeBron. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I just don't know. I, that might have been a little bit off topic, but I just had to throw that out there. But hey, Carmelo, I, mean, mean, good, I don't even know why thing. he was top three. I mean, Paul Pierce, I think, when it's all said and done, is twice the player that Carmelo ever was. Because he could play both ends. That's true. Paul Pierce did play a lot of good defense. He definitely did both ends of the four, like you said. A great score, an all-time and Celtics great. How many rings does he have? Zero. So, yeah, maybe it is time for is, him to retire. I really shouldn't say it shouldn't be based off success, because if you look at guys like Chris Webber and Tracy McGrady, they're oh, they still did. really— they, Allen they, Iverson, even? Yeah, they never won rings, but they're I don't think, did Allen icons. Iverson win one, or did he No, he, he never did. won one. He never won a ring. Oh. And Chris Paul is going to be in that list, too. I think that if they were— If Houston was—if he was going to get his ring, it would have been last year, which is interesting to say. But it's kind of the truth, though, because they had Golden State on the ropes, 3-2. They choked both games in, in the second half. Otherwise, CB3 probably would have gotten his ring. It's, And he would have been back for at least game one or game two of those finals. I would have been sure of it, at least at least game two. I don't think it would have been game one. But I'm pretty sure it would have been game two. He would have played in. So let's move on to our next topic. And this has been a really, really big story throughout the last three, three or so days. And we're still getting news on it as we... Speak sort of, except well, it's all I've seen nowadays is just media drama in the bay is basically what we're talking about. And that's been a huge thing these past three days, like I mentioned before. Draymond Green and KD both have been gaining a lot of attention over the past couple of days due to the ending of the LA Clippers game when Draymond took the ball off of a rebound, dribbled it up the court. And committed a turnover, but before he committed the turnover, Durant was calling for the ball like crazy, clapping his hands, doing the whole nine yards. Uh, so he didn't give the Katie, didn't give Katie a ball. After the buzzer sounded, both uh, Green and Katie exchanged words on the bench that later spilled into the locker room. Uh, you know, you could read a couple, a little bit of lips there on the bench saying, "You know, I'm not, you know, Katie saying I'm not happy with this, all this other stuff." Uh, reports are also claiming. That after this game, other members of the Warriors also blamed Draymond. And during the little scuffle between him and Kevin Durant, Draymond mentioned Katie's free agency to him in that fight. Uh, Draymond actually was suspended by Golden State without pay for the Hawks game last night, Tuesday night. So he did not play in that game due to what is being quoted as actions detrimental to the team. Uh, so, Mac, I'm going to ask you this first question. This is a lot to take in here. This is a lot to take in. What do you think about this, this little altercation? You know, this is, in my opinion, this is really the first big fight that we've really seen in this Golden State era with these with these guys. This is, some, this is you know, I don't, no. don't want to say we're blowing out of proportion, but it's, can you correct me if I'm wrong, but this is really the first big rift that we've seen in this Golden State team. You know, this is kind of starting to scare me. I mean, tip your hats off to a team like Golden State that four superstars, I mean, now five, because now you got Boogie there, Mm -hmm. um, has been able to play this well for this long. 
because if you think about that, when superstars like Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green all come together, you kind of struggle getting along because every one of them wants to prove that they're the guy there. So Draymond Green saying what he said, it's just going to make more drama in the locker room. Steve Kerr is a very good coach, and I have complete confidence in him because he took he has dealt with four phenomenal players for over two years now. And for the past four years, really, he's dealt with um, at least three very good players. Hmm. Not even three very good players. Let's just say three. I can't know if you, I don't know if you can call Clay Thompson a superstar. I would call, I would call Clay Thompson a superstar before I would call Draymond Green a superstar. I, I would call Steph Curry and Clay Thompson both superstars. And I think, that he's dealing with a lot a lot of them right now and this is just going to create drama but I have complete confidence because he can deal with four superstars he will find a way to work out this drama and you will see Golden State continue to have success this is really interesting because I was watching NBA TV last night and I'm watching Isaiah Thomas's uh perspective on this you know isaiah thomas the former pistons point guard yes the good isaiah thomas oh that's a big jab you took there his his son isaiah jr i don't know they're not they're not they're not kids they're not related in any way shape or form i know they're not related i was being funny there all right the way how i look at this you know i was watching his little perspective last night and you know draymond did take the ball up but it was a three-on-four fast break. There were three Clippers surrounding Draymond, and there was the one Clipper back to Godala for three, and Kevin Looney was wide open in the paint, streaking wide open, right, right to get a layup or a dunk. Unfortunately, he missed dribbles the ball. Now, if he would have kept the ball in control, they would have probably won the game. But he lost the ball. And the only reason KD's mad at him is because he didn't get the ball before Draymond took off down court with it because remember Curry's still not playing from this I believe his abductor um, injury that he suffered the other night I can't remember which game it was no, but Curry's one of those guys he always gets like some minor injury every year he's never really out for more than two weeks but he always gets something every year yeah I would definitely he's definitely a lot better than what he used to be. His ankles were terrible. He he had special Dude, that, ankle braces. I'm not going to lie. That team could have been in the finals the past six or seven years in a row had Steph Curry stayed healthy when he was younger. Possibly. Because if you remember, Stephen Curry was always hurt at one time in his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, you're right. You were definitely so, right on that. So think about it. I mean, I don't know because – Clay Thompson and Steph Curry are known as the Splash Brothers. And the reason I say that is those two together from the outside could never be stopped. Even before they were, even when Mark Jackson was coaching them. They were able to get into the playoffs once and they were able to um, get, I can't remember where they went in the 2013 playoffs. Was Were they out in the first round or second? Yeah, round? they were out in the first round due to Denver. They lost in six games, but, but still, that it was, was a when good game. Denver it was a good team. Was, actually had a pretty good team. Mm-hmm. So that's that. I think I do think um, the Golden State Warriors are going to definitely um, be able to work this out, but it's definitely going to create some drama. 
Definitely. You know, both players are in the wrong doing this, actually. You know, uh, well, well, we'll talk about who's in the wrong uh, here in a second. But it's it's interesting just to see this, especially all the fighting and stuff. And you've never heard this in the the two, like you said, the two plus years that all four of these guys have been together. There's been really no drama. And now to hear something like this go on is really interesting. And it's showing that there might actually be a weakness in this Golden State team. I'm not saying that it's a for sure weakness, but it's definitely something that teams are going to look at and say, okay, you know, let's try and rile him up or something because you never know. You never know with what Draymond, what Draymond's attitude can do at times. You, you, never, you never know. know. I mean, Draymond de- definitely does have that attitude. Let's look at some facts from the past. He has mocked Cleveland. Yes. He has... I can't remember if he punched LeBron or kicked LeBron in the finals game and got suspended from game five. He didn't really even punch or kick him. LeBron stood over him and Draymond was trying to get up and they exchanged words. And nothing happened to LeBron, but yet something happened to Draymond Green. I was so mad. You think LeBron deserves some kind of consequence? Yeah, because he didn't. LeBron did almost the same exact thing, except Dr- he st- st- he stood over Draymond while Draymond was trying to get up. Draymond you, was trying to get up. Do you think the, the refs, be honest, let LeBron do that so so they could say let LeBron get his championship for Cleveland or something? Yeah, I would I would legitimately say that. Do you think with Draymond in Game Five, do you think they would have taken Cleveland? They would have taken Cleveland out in five. Yes, and they I do believe won that. Four in a row. I, Yes, I do. I do ultimately believe that, Mac. You're right, but we're, you, like we said before. I mean, we'll probably have to edit this out. Do you think LeBron paid the refs to do that? I wouldn't necessarily say they paid them, but I'm pretty sure there was something going on there. You know, to have something like that going on, where if you had just two regular players like that, well, if you have two regular players, obviously both of them would get suspended a game. But considering it was only Draymond and not LeBron, LeBron had nothing done to him, that's the part that ticks me off because he's the quote-unquote best player in the league, but you can't suspend him or nothing. I don't care if this guy's must-watch TV or nothing, but you got to— well, eject him from one game, though. Yeah. Hands down, let's just be honest, LeBron James deserved that when he got ejected that one game. Which game was that? I can't remember. It was against the Heat. Cavs were playing against the Heat mm-hmm. at the Q. Yeah. LeBron said something bad to the refs. I'm not going to repeat what he said, but. Mm-hmm. And the ref just said, You're out of here. Jeez. And Tyrone Lou and Dwayne Wade both said, Yes, he deserved to be ejected from that game. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's just. I just can't even, even famine that. Uh. I still can't believe to this day that they never gave anything to LeBron. It just shows you that there's some, there's some stuff wrong. But that's end, that's end of that. Now, um, my my next question to you is Mac. Do you think this will influence Katie's decision even more for Golden State in free agency? Because I'm pre I'm I don't want to say I'm pretty sure that I knew what it was, but again. No one knows, but do you think this is going to influence him to to leave more? Is basically what I'm saying. Do you think this is what has happened has persuaded him to leave even more? You know, I don't know because if he really wants to win more rings, I see him staying in Golden State. Mm-hmm. However, if he wants a max contract, 
this will definitely influence. I think he would have left anyway, but I think this would definitely influence him to leave even more if he really wants a max contract. I could see him going. Personally, if I were Kevin Durant, what I would do is either stand the Warriors because that team is like ridiculously unfair. That's how good they are. And he will continue to win there if he's there because the West is very competitive in making it to the playoffs, but the Warriors are the team that's going to take everyone else out, I think, because they're that dynasty. However, I think if if he wants to win somewhere else, get a max contract, he should go to the East. I agree, but what team do you think he should go to? Not the Celtics, because I no. feel like that will rig the NBA, and they have so much depth as it is. There are going to be some players complaining in the near future about yes. the Celtics. But I see him going to... I don't want to say maybe go to his hometown to play for the Wizards. I could see that because they, oh, they definitely need someone. They need someone like a Kevin Durant who could take them to the next step because that team has the talent to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. But they're going to go nowhere unless they have someone like a Kevin Durant. Because think about it. John Wall and Bradley Beal are probably like the best duo you'll ever see, minus um, maybe Curry and Thompson and the the group in Golden State. But yeah, those two, when they are on fire, you cannot stop them. But however, they always choke when it comes to playoff time. They need someone like a Kevin Durant there. Because... That's kind of what worked with Golden State. I mean, I know that first time they won the championship, they had Andre Iguodala, but Steph Curry and Klay Thompson couldn't really play under the pressure. And then when Kevin Durant got there, it kind of took a little bit of pressure off them, and both those guys did very well the last two final series. Mm-hmm. So I think that could definitely change the Wizards' hopes if Kevin Durant's in Washington. Yes. You make a lot of great points there. Again, to your point real quick before uh, – Give give my take on this. I love the Washington pick, but I would prefer him to go to New York, just to set up like a a nice duo with him and Porzingis. I think that'd be really scary to see. Honestly, just imagine him and Case. Uh, uh, no, it was a KCP. KP. Kyrie is staying in Boston. I know we've talked in the past about Kyrie leaving Boston. He's going to stay in Boston. He's already admitted to that. Yes, he has. Um. Gordon Hayward, I see staying in Boston, as we will get into him in a little bit. Um, but Tatum, I don't know what Tatum's going to do because I, I I actually see Tatum staying in Boston because they even said it. There have been reports that said Tatum could be better than Paul Pierce when it's all said and done. There have been. Would you agree with that statement or no? I do agree with that statement. He's already he was so, already a superstar in his I, I don't freshman know if you year. You take in the anyone from Boston out of Boston, put them in New York. I'm trying to think of who else you could put in New York. Terry Rozier. Maybe Terry Rozier. Marcus um, Smart. Who else? Do, Jalen Brown. Do I see not staying on their team though? I see Jalen Brown and Terry Rozier not staying on their team. Both those guys are you know Jalen Brown does start at the shooting guard position, which is where he would probably go if he was to go somewhere else. But Terry Rozier is already a starting point guard in the NBA. I think for a fact that he could definitely help out a team at the starting point guard position. So I think he's probably the best one to put in that role. Um, uh, who else is there? Um, 
I don't know of anyone else you could think of. Maybe uh, get rid of. Uh, Colin Sexton, I don't see going there anytime soon. And no. a lot of other guys like Donovan Mitchell, who's very good. I see him staying with the Jazz. For sure. I see um, Chris Paul staying with the Rockets. For sure. I see. Um, I don't see James Harden leaving the Rockets. Anthony Davis. He's probably the only big question you know, mark. That though. that actually is a big question mark. I mean, like I said, like uh, maybe he wants to win so bad that he's not going to stay in New Orleans. I said maybe he'll go to the Lakers play for LeBron. If Kevin Durant went to the Knicks, I could see him going to the Knicks. I really could. You know, you could even see KD going to the Pelicans. Even they have enough cap space to offer him that money. If they do, then that would be perfect because. Anthony Davis is like one of those guys who's as loyal as anyone can get. Yeah. So if he leaves, it's going to be because he wants to win. And if the Pelicans can pick up Kevin Durant, I think him and Anthony Davis could actually end up beating Golden State because that's only if Boogie and The only chance I think Golden State has after that is if Boogie ends up staying there, which... I don't think he will after no, this year. There's no way. So I think if KD goes to the Pelicans, the and Golden State loses Boogie. Steph, Clay, Draymond. Back to square one. You're back to square one not really back to square one. You'll still be second or third in the conference, but I'm sorry. KD and Anthony Davis can beat you. Those are with LeBron, those are let's see, LeBron James. Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, three best players in the NBA, hands down. Now, you got to go KD above LeBron. I don't know how many times we've discussed this. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that yet. Uh, no, I don't we'll, know we'll discuss gonna, that gonna, later. I don't know if I'm going to put that put that in there yet. I don't know. I don't know, how, I don't know how many times you've said that to me, though, that KD is better than LeBron, but that's a different discussion KD for a different now, day. yes, LeBron overall. That that I agree with you. Yes, LeBron overall is better than KD, but when it's all said and done, KD could maybe be better than LeBron. Uh, you I, know what? I, I would I, only uh, I only might have to agree with you just because of the size of KD. I and don't care. KD, I don't care about the size, the milestones, the accomplishments. I don't care about none of that. If KD has a better finals record than LeBron James and he wins seven rings, already. But think better, about it. That better. is kind of. They they kind of rigged it though. He's on the Warriors of all teams. If he if he ends up winning for the Pelicans or ends up another thing, I was even thinking KD might do is do you see him going back to OKC and winning one there? They don't have the money for him to go back there. Plus, I don't know if he'd be welcomed in OKC. Honestly, it would be uh, interesting. Don't get me wrong; it'd be really interesting. You know I, 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 I just don't see though. it happening. I do think if they stayed in Seattle, I think he would definitely go back to win a championship for Seattle. I really see that. I agree too. I definitely he think that wouldn't could care happen. about the money. He would do whatever he would do to get. Because you even saw in that first, that one game they were playing in Seattle, he came out and he said, "It's been a rough ten years, but I hope to God you have basketball back here in Seattle very soon." Yeah, he he loves he, that he city. loved he loves Seattle, in Seattle. That that kind of still gets to me because Seattle is probably one of the greatest basketball towns. They really are mm. the best basketball town there is. Yeah, because their fans come out every night. 
Uh, it, it's funny you mentioned that game because whenever that game went on sale, it sold out within a half an hour. That is how much that game sold out, and it sold out in a half an hour. That is ridiculous. Do I think this is gonna? Do I think that the altercation between Draymond and Katie is gonna influence his decision? Possibly. I'm not saying for sure, but I'm gonna say possibly. Uh, I already think that Katie's already leaving, just because we all know that Clay Thompson wants a max, and K and Katie wants a max. You can't give both those guys a max contract. One of them's gonna leave and go get a max somewhere else. That's uh, in my opinion gonna be Katie, because I'm pretty sure that Clay wants to stay with Golden State. And I know Katie's fine moving along from a different team. He's already done it once, so I want to do it again. You know, it's almost like it's almost like saying, "Yeah, I'm the better player. I should stay here." Well, Clay's got more tenured with the organization. He's been there longer, so I think he has more of a right to stay than what KD does. Uh, Mac, I have another question. Another two questions for you. To ask you actually, and you know, I told you that Draymond only got suspended for one game without pay against the Hawks. And that was a team suspension, not an NBA. That was a team suspension. So, Mac, do you think Draymond should have should have gotten more games suspended from that? I don't know. I don't know if Draymond should have gotten um, more than one game suspension. Um, Dream, Draymond, I mean, sometimes I feel like he does need to be more of a professional, like I said. So there definitely needs to be consequences there. But all he really did was um, that, um, well, he did kind of start a fight. So, yes, and I think that, like I said before, like with the Brandon Ingram thing, he kind of did deserve the suspension. Mm. Now, now looking back at it, because I thought like for, sh- for a second it was kind of just like the Kevin Durant thing. But, no, he, Draymond's been known to cause fights before. But I'm going to tell you one thing about Draymond. Draymond is that kind of guy that if I had him on my team, I'd absolutely love him. He is because one of those he guys. Because he's what you call an intimidator. He knows how to get inside people's heads. Cavs don't really have one. They don't have that guy. I mean, Matthew Della Dadova did it one time to Steph Curry. 2015 Finals. That one game where he almost gave his life and had to go to the hospital for... Um, had to go to the hospital after the game because he was so dehydrated and cramping. Exactly. I mean, he almost gave his life after that one game. And LeBron's even said, Delhi is like one of those guys. He's not the greatest player, but if a bear walked on to the field, Delhi would tear that bear up. That's why you love guys like Matthew Dellatadova. And Draymond Green plays the game that same way. He gives you 110% every game. You love the way he plays the game. Sometimes he can be a little bit violent, but you got to respect him. But some he does need to watch his temperament on the court. Like we mentioned LeBron's temperament. LeBron's more quiet about it. He doesn't show it. He doesn't pick fights and battles on the basketball court. He picks them in the locker room. Where Draymond's more like that on the court. Well, both guys are the same way, technically, if you're asking me for opinions on that. Do I think Draymond should have gotten more games? If anything, I would just say one more. But considering they need him for Houston on Thursday night, they're not going to suspend him for that game. I I do like that they did suspend him, though, because it definitely shows them, hey, what you said to KD was not right, and you definitely need to be reprimanded from that. So K- 
Kevin Durant, for everything he has, he's probably one of the most humble guys in the he NBA. Is. He is. For everything he's for everything he has and all his accomplishments. I mean, yes, he does have that tendency to go off and be a ball hog every now and then, but for the most part, this guy <laughs> is a team player. You're right. He is a very good team player. He does what he's a scorer, don't get me wrong, he's a scorer first. But he does get rebounds, he does block shots, he gets steals, he assists, he does everything well for a team. He does. So, um now I let's get into our next topic. Well, hold on, one last question. Plus I did, well, yeah, one last question, and then we'll move on to Hayward real quick. Who do you think is in the wrong here? Just real quick. Who do you think is in the wrong? Katie or Draymond? Probably more Draymond. Yeah, I'm with Draymond too. You, don't, you still don't say that about one of your teammates because that and, will, like I said, create drama in the locker room. There is a time and a place where if he wanted to say, hey, he could have gone up to Katie and he's like, you know, Kevin, I really feel like um, you're not being a team player lately or something. He could have just talked to him one-on-one. You don't say that in a meeting. That's just unprofessional. No, I would completely agree with you on that statement. So let's move on to our next topic of Gordon Hayward, shall we? Yeah, I mean, Gordon Hayward's coming off the bench. Um, reports came out of that um, Gordon Hayward said he was willing to come off the bench. Um, and he said, we are not playing our best basketball right now. Celtics um, aren't having the greatest start so far, I'd say. Um, they're 7-6 mm-hmm. and six so far. Yep. Um, Hayward on the bench, um, do you think it would help help them or no? Well... Well, let's look at the quote that he said first. His quote, the quote that he's reported from the media says, whatever I can do to help us win, uh, we're not playing our best basketball right now, end quote. It would be interesting considering, you know, what he's doing this year, averaging about 26 minutes a game, only averaging 10 points, five and a half boards, about three assists, one steal, almost half a block, shooting about 40% from the field. 32% from three and 60, no, 76% from the free throw line. I know that these are numbers that aren't polarizing because of the injury they had last year. Maybe he's a little scared to jump and do all that stuff thinking, oh, man, I don't want to do what I did last year again. I don't want to have that, which, you know, is expected. But they're 13 games into the season already. And... You know, they're 7-6. Everyone's projecting them to be in the top of the East and they're only the fourth seed in the East right now. So I definitely think it would, it might help them a little bit, maybe get some more firepower off the bench, even though they do have Marcus Morris Sr., is what he's calling himself now, uh, coming off the bench as the four. And then you have your two small forwards starting. So I could, you know, I, 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 I could see it coming, you know, but my question is, though, will it be enough to help him? Because we know Gordon Hayward's not going to take the bench role for wrong for long. Excuse me. I mean, I don't see him doing that. I mean, he's. Let's look at his statistics. Um, he uh, Hayward this season, you know, maybe right now, based on his statistics, put him on the bench just because he's not playing his best basketball. But you also have to remember. He he missed a whole year with that severe ankle injury, so it might be just. I, I think I time think... like we're right now. Maybe the timing's right, but I don't know if this is going to continue, and he's still going to be on the bench. Um, it might get them on a winning streak just because they played very good without him. They were the second best team in the 
Eastern Conference last year, and I think they only had him for how long last year? Oh, yeah, six minutes during the whole season, not even. So right now I feel like your starting lineup in Boston should be Kyrie at the one. Yep. Brown at the two. Tatum at the three. Yeah, I can't remember who you'd put Al Horford at the five. I can't remember who you put at that four. Well, if you're putting Hayward on the bench, it'd be Marcus Morris at the Marcus four. Marcus Morris still another very good player. And and another guy you even have to put in there, Marcus Smart too, is not a bad little player. No, he's not. He's not bad by any means, unless you're Cleveland and you don't like him. But they got a lot of good players. That's the cool thing about a coach like Brad Stevens. He knows how to develop talent very well and you aren't wrong with that exactly but i think that you know i think they would welcome this this uh new lineup change because you I know do, I do too. their bench isn't the best scoring bench in the league it's middle of the middle of the league right now in terms of ranking but i think having hayward coming off the bench would give him not only more confidence in his shot but more confidence overall his points per game probably be higher due to the fact that he'd be the main focus off the bench so Brad Stevens wouldn't have to worry about getting Kyrie, Gordon, Jason Tatum, Al Horford, and Jalen Brown all their points in the starting five. Like, he doesn't have to worry about that. But with Hayward, the only person he has to worry about off the bench would be Hayward if Hayward does come off the bench. So I would, if I was Boston, I would recommend that. I just think it would be a big, big comments booster to Hayward. Plus, he could get you some games going. Because, like we said, seven and six, not the best record right now. It's kind of a for disappointment if you're the Boston yeah. Celtics. Because they're projected to be first seed in the East. It's, so this would help the them Lakers tremendously. Have that record right now, and you know, whoop do you do for the Lakers? Because they're a young team, and they just and they have the the great LeBron James, as I say. Well, the uh, Lakers actually do have that record right now. Um, they do. I mean, that's not bad for a team that we actually thought. They actually started the year 0-3, basically, and now they're 7-6. Yes. and 6, So mm-hmm. tip your hats off to the Lakers. Yes, I do think they're going to get into some losing streaks as the year progresses, but this Lakers team, if they can get over 500, get a couple more wins, I think that's when you have to start saying the words the Los Angeles Lakers are at least going to the playoffs. I don't think they'll get into the finals this year, but in I don't even think they're going to get out of the first round, but if they can get mm-hmm. a couple more wins, I'm going to say the words, the Los Angeles Lakers are going to the playoffs. And Alex Arvagas, my friend, you were wrong. All right, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely say that. But, uh, Mac, you want to take it away on the next topic, then I'll read the uh, topic after that, because the one after this one hey, is yes. a bit of a doozy. So you go ahead, sir. Um, yeah, like it kind of goes back with what I said. Um, last week LeBron James almost quacked. No, cracked. no, it's the vet one, the veteran oh. one. I'm reading, oh, yeah. I'm reading, I'm, I'm reading, thought, I'm reading the we LeBron one. You're doing the vet one, but we'll edit that okay. out. Go ahead. Yeah, vet in need. Um, Celtics are five and five in their last ten games, and after their loss to the Portland Trailblazers Monday night, Kyrie said to the media that they need a 14 or 15 year veteran to help the team not sprint through the season, but treat it as a marathon. What do you make of this? Is this the lack of leadership from Kyrie? Which veteran sh- should be on the Celtics? Um, you want to go first? <laughs> I'll go first. All right, you go. Not Carmelo Anthony. All right. Carmelo Anthony, I, I, I just don't know. I mean, 
he has not carried a team to the finals. Personally, I think Kyrie's more of a leader to a team than Carmelo Anthony is. Carmelo Anthony hasn't showed really showed loyalty to anybody. He's been on the Nuggets for a few years, then he's went to the Knicks for a few years, and now ever since then he's been bouncing around. He's about to get out of Houston now. So, not Carmelo Anthony. I do think they need a veteran. Not necessarily a veteran superstar, but they need a veteran on that team. Like, I'm trying to think of who they can get. Uh, they need uh, someone who kind of was big in their day, not really that big anymore. Kind of like what, where Dwayne Wade is now. Sort like of. Emeka Okafor. Emeka of. Okafor, that mm-hmm. one might be a good one. Uh, I don't even want to say Dwight Howard, because I think Kyrie, I mean, that, that shot... That shot in the 2016 NBA Finals is more than Carmelo Anthony or Dwight Howard's ever done in any Finals appearances. Because Dwight Howard, Carmelo's never even been to the Finals. Mm -hmm. Dwight Howard's been there once, Once. I think. Yep, and he got swept. No, it wasn't swept. He won one game. Really? Oh, yeah, that's right. They won the first game. Nope. Which game was it then? It was, I think it was the fourth game they won. They were so close to getting swept and they won the fourth game. Hmm. And then L.A. came back and took the series in Game 5. So, I I just don't know. They they just need to get somebody on that team. And I don't even know if they really even need a vet. They got Al Horford. I think, like, with what Gordon Hayward is doing coming off the bench for right now might be their best bet because, like we said, um, when you get a player like Gordon Hayward in there, you gotta remember he didn't play last year. It kind of harms your chemistry a little bit. So it's gonna take time to develop. Um, right now, I think yes, Gordon Hayward's doing the right thing by coming off the bench, mm-hmm. and I think this will help the team. I don't even think you really need the fourteen or fifteen year veteran. I think Al Horford's a veteran enough, and Brad Stevens is that guy. He can find a way to win with young talent. You don't really need a a fourteen year or fifteen year veteran in there. <sighs> See, I think they might need one if things start to get out of hand. I'm not saying they need one right now because I agree with all of your points. I think Al Horford's the veteran that they do need. He's been in the league long enough to where he can help these young guys. And Brad Stevens, like you said, is a phenomenal coach that manages egos and everything else really well. But the second question I don't think you really addressed is just a lack of leadership from Kyrie. Because if we remember, Matt, Kyrie wanted out of Cleveland. He wanted to be the man. In a different, in a not different country, a different team, he wanted to be the guy. He wanted to be the one. And taking on that responsibility means you have to be the leader of the team. No, this stuff like this makes me wonder: Did he really want to be the man, or did he really just like was there really some tension going on between him and LeBron, and he just didn't want to deal with it anymore? You know, I I still I still ponder that to this day too, just because some of the stuff he said in the media last year. You know, a lot of that was really uncalled for, really unprofessional on his part. It definitely shows that he's still a kid learning. But with it, with what he said on Monday, it definitely shows that he's having a lack of leadership. Because of being the guy and being the star player on that team, you are the leader. You are the leader. There's a reason why you're number one, the head honcho, the superstar. I'm just going to say this now. I mean, we might – we'll definitely edit this out later, but – he said Carmelo Anthony. Like, there was something about Carmelo Anthony coming to the Celtics. I'm like, 
he is so going to appreciate LeBron after he's done playing with Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, he would. He would. He probably I really would. think that because LeBron, C- Carmelo really makes LeBron look loyal. He really does. He does. He does. You're not wrong. Because like, LeBron, at least wherever he goes, it's like four years and then he switches. Carmelo, you don't know that with him, like where he's going to go and when he's going to go. He could like be on the plane out tonight, for all you know. Yeah, for all we know, we could get an update later. It's his way. And LeBron, like when he's he signs leader. a contract, he finishes it too. He's never been traded. Yeah, it's true. Unless he will request one one day, which would be interesting. But uh, real quick, a veteran, I think they should get be Mecca Okafor. He was a really big, uh, not really a star, but he's a really big threat back in his day with the with the Hornets or the Bobcats. Pardon me, when Charlotte was actually the Bobcats back then. Really great guy, really good teammate. He was very good last year for the Pelicans last season. When Boogie went down, he stepped in did very, very well for them. I think he'd be a veteran that they could need. I know they don't need another center, but I think he could just be that veteran, that leadership uh, that they would need. So, Mac, let's move on to this LeBron drama that we have dug up recently. That would be LeBron James, actually. LeBron has been quoted as saying, I almost cracked last week. Then I had to remember that I knew what I was getting myself into. The Lakers are seven, excuse me, seven and six this season, and this is the first time being over five hundred this season. So thirteen games in the year, this is the first time they're over five hundred. Reports have also come out that apparently LeBron called Phoenix Suns general manager and former teammate James Jones to have to have him waive or to persuade him to waive Tyson Chandler so that the Lakers could pick him up. So, Mac, my first question to you is, do you think LeBron's going to crack later this season? If they start losing, yes. I think he will crack. He he has um, cracked before, but he's also... One thing I do like about LeBron is he had at least admitted that he almost cracked. So, if this team doesn't start winning, I see him cracking. He needs to learn that with young guys, you need to be patient. You need to wait a little bit. Sometimes the championship the first year is not the best thing. You need to let these young guys develop. But I think as the season progressed, if he had the power over this Tyson Chandler thing, I think LeGM, as we call him, will eventually want to request a trade for Brandon Ingram. Or even Kyle Kuzma, which Kuzma's a guy... I actually like. I don't think they should trade Kuzma. Mm-hmm. Ingram might need to go. Just because I don't see him working well with LeBron. I think Ingram will be out of there by the end of the season. You could I, I'd put I'd put money on that one. I really. Bold move, I like it though. I like it. Um Lonzo I see staying there. Um just because of his dad, but you gotta remember. His dad's been keeping quiet late, and I'm not even sure if that's kind of why Magic kind of might have wanted LeBron, because he knew with LeBron there, he could put Lonzo's father in his place a little bit. But you also have to... One thing I do like what LeBron's doing is he's kind of creating a league for him, his sons, because you got LeVar, I mean, you got Lonzo, you got LaMelo, and you got... LiAngelo. LiAngelo. Yes. I, I keep forgetting that middle middle one's name. Leangelo's the middle one or is he the younger one? He's the middle one. Lamelo's the youngest, Lonzo's the oldest. 
and then Leangelo's the middle one. Yes, but sir. I think all three of his sons could be NBA players. I don't know if they're all going to play on the same team, but if they are on the same team, I don't know if um, LeBron stays there on the Lakers but he, or not. But here's what I think LeBron does in the end. He goes to play the last year with his son. And then another thing I think he does, this is, I don't know if you could say this is loyal, but because Cleveland is his hometown and stuff, I do see him signing that one-day contract with Cleveland just to retire a Cavalier. Either if, that or, I don't know if he'll retire a Cavalier. If his son gets drafted by the Cavs, I see him coming with the Cavs playing one last year with them. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know what I see LeBron doing mid-season um that was kind of off topic that was kind of like what what would happen because if that's good conversation though I like if it. lavar um like how he said he's cre- creating this league for his sons i see the balls kind of taking over los angeles if he ends up doing that he's already made the lead they've already completed their first season but so, but it wasn't really really uh if they end up public he wants to I get guess. all three ball kids playing together i think they'll all take over la yeah, I don't know if that's going to be good for them or bad in the long run. Probably be bad. But if if they end up doing that, I don't see LeBron staying there. So I definitely see LeBron cracking, and then I think it's going to be soon because you know they're riding a two game win streak right now, if I'm not mistaken, and they're not going to get as far as people think they're going to get. I don't know how many times I have to preach this. They're, they're not. They're not. Everyone's saying, "Oh, they got LeBron. We're going to the finals." It's not that. They're not even going to make the playoffs. They're saying with LeBron, they're not going to the finals. Don't say they're not making the playoffs. I'm that saying I'm I, saying it. I'm saying it. I'm I don't sorry, care. That I don't one, care. if they can get a couple more wins, it's too early to tell right now, but if they can get a couple more wins, I'm going to give you that one is happening. I'm never going to say it. I'm never will. Okay. But, again, I still think he's going to crack. Like you said, the guys are too young. They're too young. They're too inexperienced. They don't know what they're doing. I agree with you. I think they've got to trade Brandon Ingram soon because yeah. if if they go on another four or five game losing streak like they did, he's gonna crack and he's gonna go to Magic and say, "Hey, we need to get rid of these guys. We need to do something," because he's gonna he's going to take over. And whether or not Magic Johnson's gonna let him take over or not, that's gonna be a really big stepping stone yeah. to see a storied franchise like the Lakers have a guy like LeBron take over and say, okay, we're training this guy, we're training this guy, and we're getting this guy in return. That's the one thing I like, Magic is going to have to have some say. It's going to, like, Le GM, like we mentioned that, mm-hmm. LeBron doesn't have that much control. Magic has to let him have that kind of control. Well, they, well you know, David Griffin and Kobe Alden let him have that control. They let him. I mean, Magic, I mean... If Magic lets him have that control, he'll have that control. But if Magic doesn't let him, he's the one who has that power, not LeBron. Yes, I I definitely agree. And Magic, um, being a former superstar himself, he'll he'll keep LeBron a little bit in check where I don't think it's going to get as out of control as it was in Cleveland. Yes, 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 I agree. But I definitely do see LeBron cracking. I I, I think it's going to come soon. I think it's going to come Mag- soon. Magic even said so. Like he he would let LeBron have some say and stuff. Some stuff. Yeah, that's still that's still not good in my opinion. That's still not like, good. I know, like you and I kind of agree with this too. The GMs, you have to let the GMs do their job. Yeah. The players go out and win the games. Yes, I would agree. So Mac, my next question is to you: Did LeBron make the right move in the offseason after saying this quote? 
excuse me, and the other quote that we heard earlier in the year that says, you don't want to be around me when I lose my patience. Did he really make the right move after those two comments? For his playing career, I don't know. But the other thing I was thinking, maybe this move was really not for playing. It's for that business he has going on in L.A. too. That might have just been like for business. Maybe he's just at that moment now like where he he wants just to be like seen with all those Hollywood movie stars and stuff. And another thing I'm going to say, what LeBron does do, is he brings some of those fans, like those movie stars and stuff, back to the Staples Center to watch Lakers right. games. They come just to see him play. Yeah. yeah, that's the only reason why they would go so there. So that's probably why, because he likes that. You know LeBron loves that glorification. He loves that attention. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think he ended up doing it. But this is what I'm going to say. He's never going to get the attention he's gotten from those Cleveland fans. I 100% agree with like, you. No one's going to treat him know, better than Cleveland. Because think about it. L.A., they have so many different all-stars. you got Clayton Kershaw. you got Todd Gurley. you got Jared Goff. Phillip Rivers I'll even put as an yeah, all-star. Yeah, the Chargers, yeah. Do I think LeBron made the right decision? Not really, if this was business-related. Your main focus is an NBA player. You're in the NBA to play basketball, not to make money. Not to be in movies, not to be in TV shows, or anything like that. Whenever Kobe, Kobe Bryant, probably the biggest L.A. star, did he do any of that stuff in his career? No. He he never did a single thing like that. You, LeBron did this for business. I'm going to say that right now. LeBron did this for business. It, it, the it, Space Jam 2 thing. Yes, exactly. If he, if he would have done this for basketball, then... You would have known because there would have been another superstar on the way there already. You would have known that by now. He did this solely for business. And it wasn't for basketball. And that's the thing that makes me upset. Because his job is to perform on the court, not to perform on a stage. It's true. He's getting paid 40-some million dollars this year. To perform on the court, but... Not on a stage. That's... It's ridiculous. I'll see where he is at the end of the season, then I'll say if I agree with you or not. That's just all I'm going to say is I'm not going to say anything now. All right. still way too early in the year for me to say anything about that. All right, but then the comment on LeBron's phone call, Mac, to me this is ridiculous. Calling calling a Phoenix Suns general manager, even though he's your former teammate, I understand that, but you're going to call him and persuade him to do something to help you. You go ahead, then I'll give my pretty – no, Interesting I, take. I don't know. I mean, still, I don't necessarily say it's right, but LeBron James, like Brad Stevens, like um, that guy from Utah. I can't remember his name. The coach from Utah, Quinn Snyder. Quinn, like Brad Stevens and Quinn Snyder. Um, LeBron James is a genius when it comes to basketball. This move is actually working right now, and it's helping the Lakers win. They needed that extra center, so maybe it was the smart move. And he persuaded James Jones into doing it, and James Jones did it. So it ended up working, and I'm not necessarily saying it was right the way he did it, but still, it's working. It's helping your team win. That's what matters. This game is a business. You got to do what you got to do to help your team win. Why haven't they done anything? Why hasn't the league done anything? If this report is true, then why hasn't he been fined for tampering and suspended in 10 games? 
you can't call a general manager as a coach. I don't care if he's your mom or your dad, your uncle, your your best friend, the whole wide world. Your, I don't care. You don't call him. That's tampering. That is flat out tampering with that. That is tampering. I don't know how else to say it. It's tampering. You can't do that kind of stuff. I understand you need a backup center, but you can't go and call your former teammate to say, hey, why don't you release this guy to help me do good and try and make the playoffs? I understand, yes, you're all right. The move has worked out pretty good, but you cannot, you cannot tamper with this. Plus, what's even worse is that before they waived him, there were there were no reports saying that Tyson Chandler even wanted to be waived. There were no reports saying that he even wanted to be waived. There were just reports saying they're going to waive him. And then this broke loose about a week later after they signed him. It's not right. You can't. The, the league has to do something about this. They have to. Because if you're going to let a player like LeBron do all this kind of stuff and you're not going to get reprimanded for it, you're going to be a laughing stock. And it ticks me off that they're giving this guy so much power, and he's on the lowest he's, not, and he's on the lowest scale of LeBron's the power not system. Not the only athlete who does it. Tom Brady does it too. I know, but this is the NBA. We're not talking NFL. This is NBA. And yes, Tom Brady should should have you know he got suspended four games for what he did in the Flakegate, but he should have been suspended at least a season and a half, in my opinion. But that's a different topic for a different day. I'm just saying LeBron should have been at least you know find at least a million or two. And then should be suspended for these ten games. He had to be. I see. It's the same thing going back with the Draymond thing back in Game Five of 20, 2016. You can't suspend the guy for standing over another player and talking crap to him, and only giving the other player a suspension and not LeBron James. LeBron does not get his fair share of punishments in the league, and I'm saying that right now. KD definitely does. KD got a lot more texts and stuff. Some of the stuff LeBron says to the refs, he does not get teed up for. And he's a much worse thing than what Kevin Durant did last year. And KD led the league in texts. I don't care who you are. You have to put a stop on this man. Because this is getting out of hand for me. He's not having any chains on him. And it's driving me insane. Especially in Cleveland. You saw it last year. The Cavs were struggling really bad. And he goes and basically kicks Kobe Altman out of his seat and says, Hey, I'm making the shots now. Where where is your where where is your pride? Where is your heart in telling a guy like this saying, "Hey, you cannot go out and do this." You you need to put a stop to right then and there because you're, you're just the Cavs are a joke now because of the moves that he made. The Cavs are a joke. They're two and eleven. They're a joke now, and he did the same thing with Miami too. Miami was a joke for a year, and then they finally got out of it. But Cleveland's not going to get out of it because of what he did with the contracts. I don't know what else to say besides the league needs to put a hold on this man. I don't I, I don't know if I'm blowing this out of proportion, but I'm pretty sure I'm right in this sense. You can't go off and tamper like this. It's not right. Magic Johnson got fined four hundred thousand last year for tampering. Why can't LeBron James be be tampered two million dollars and then suspended for ten games for something that he can't do? You know, it just doesn't make sense. You see league officials get punishment all the time I mean, for tampering. It's not LeBron's fault. It is, it is LeBron's fault because he's the one that made the phone call in the first place, Mac. If he didn't make the phone call in the first place, none of this would have even happened. You know that, right? They There were no reports saying Tyson Chandler wanted to leave the Phoenix Suns. There were no reports of that. There was, there was nothing. There was nothing. Absolutely nothing of Tyson Chandler wanting to leave the well, Suns. This is, <laughs> 
if this comes out true, we can't prove that it's true that LeBron made the phone call. There's no. There's app. already reports out that say that he did. I wouldn't have it on the script if he didn't do it. You know, if the reports come out saying he did it, then hoopla, he did it. <laughs> like, what else am I supposed to say? Like, basically, all I'm saying is the NBA, find, find this guy and give him 10 games. This is just ridiculous. Giving a player so much power from organization to organization, and the only guy that stood up to him was Pat Riley, and that's why he left in 2014. We all know darn well if Pat Riley would have let him make some moves, he would have stayed. But Pat Riley shut him down, that's why he went back to Cleveland, because he knew he could have made moves. And he made and he made a move before he even played a game in the in Cleveland uniform that year, and that was trading Kevin Love. Uh, well, he traded for Kevin Love. He traded Wiggins and Bennett for Kevin Love. No, just just no. If it was me being a general manager, I'd be like, okay, if you if you try to do some stuff, I'm waving you or trading you. I'm it's simple as that. I don't care if you're LeBron James. I don't care if you're Bugs Bunny. I don't care if if you're whoever you are. <laughs> You you, you you we, do we not just step. Over in editing my role. this whole spiel thing with LeBron. No, we're keeping it. <laughs> we're keeping it because people need to hear what's right. Oh my God! Uh, I I know. Uh, okay. Wow. All right. Um, next topic, Mac. That's my uh, that that's my little rant. Go ahead. Okay. Two playoff teams have struggled so far this season, with the Wizards being four nine and the Rockets being six and seven. Both. Um, which team do you think has been a bigger disappointment this season? Do um, you want to go first? Sure, I guess I'll, I'll go first this time. I'm going to go Houston. I don't. I I know the Wizards, you know, yes, they've been very disappointing. I understand Houston's getting on back of a loop, which is nice. But, again, this is the Houston Rockets. I know they lost a lot of their defensive pieces, uh, especially, you know, their assistant coach and Trevor Reza and Luke Bamute all leaving in the offseason. And then adding Carmelo Anthony definitely hurt them too. But this is a team that's projected to be one of the top two teams in the league, and right now the playoffs start today. They wouldn't even make the playoffs. Like, that's how bad they've struggled this year. Like, Washington, you kind of expect this, that the teams that this team over the past four years with Scott Brooks has gotten off to a bad start, and then they've caught up as the seasons went on. That's kind of how Washington goes at this point. Excuse me, in there. Um, time as a franchise. But with Houston, you know, they had everything working for them so well last year with Chris Paul and James Harden and all the other role players that they had there, like Clint Capella and stuff. But this year it's completely different because they're missing a lot of key defensive pieces and they don't have, and everyone's been missing time due to suspension and CP3's case or injury like Harden and Eric Gordon and James Ennis. No one's really developed a chemistry in the fact that now they're having even more drama with Carmelo probably on his way out. I don't see how that you can say Houston is not the bigger disappointment just because of the expectations. With yeah, them. I mean, they went from the first seed in the Western Conference to now being an under 500 team. I agree with you. Houston's definitely a much bigger disappointment this year than Washington. I mean, Washington, don't get me wrong, Washington's been a disappointment this year, but Houston's been much bigger because they were the best team in all of basketball last year, and now they're under 500. Yeah, and like, and, you know, like I said before, we, we expect this from the Wizards, and they really haven't had time to develop a chemistry, which is weird because Dwight Howard's been out, obviously, with a tailbone injury, but I know it's going to come sooner or later. 
So let's get into our two off-topic topics, Mac. I think one we're really going to like and the other we're not going to like so much. So let's get into probably the one we're not going to like, and that's Hugh Jackson. You know, he now is the uh, – he now got hired as the special assistant to the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. I cannot remember who that was off the top of my head or who it is off the top of my head, but the but the Bengals have yet to play the Browns this year. I believe it's coming up within the next week or so that – um, the Bengals play the Browns, so it, it, so it's, it has to be in the next week or so because they they mm-hmm. have to play each other at least twice before the year yes. is over. Um, what do you think about Cincinnati picking up? No clue who. <laughs> no Hugh. clue you who. Yeah. Um, you know Hugh Jackson's a guy. I mean, as a head coach, he's had an unsuccessful head coach career. However, this guy has been had some success as an offensive coordinator for the Bengals, and the Bengals knew that he's had success there, and that's why I think they got him back. So, yes, maybe this was smart. They, If they brought him back as a head coach, I think that was not a smart move, but mm. working for the team, I think that might be smart because Hugh Jackson has proven he's a very good offensive coordinator, but he isn't a good head coach. So maybe um, this move might end up working for Hugh Jackson, and up and bring the Bengals back. I think if they play the Browns, I think they could still beat them. But the way the Browns played Sunday, I don't it's, think anyone... It's just nothing but optimism for the team. Like Honestly, that was nice watching that game against a Falcons team that was 500. And remember, this team still had a lot of its Super Bowl pieces when it went there, too. So Yeah, I mean, Baker Mayfield just looked amazing Sunday. He really did. Chubb looked amazing. 92 Yard touchdown! Yeah, I mean, this team might be on its way back, and everyone in our division now, like the Steelers, the Ravens, and the Bengals, are starting to get up there in age. So I see the Browns doing something in the near future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only thing that has to happen, Jimmy Haslam has to let John Dorsey do his job. Like Jimmy Haslam's the owner; he has more power, but he's got to let. He hired John Dorsey to make trades and stuff. He's got to start letting John Dorsey do that. So You're 100% right on that. So if he can do that, then I think this Browns team has a good future. It really does. And I think that Greg Williams, I think his name is. Yes, yes. Um, the defensive coordinator. If he can continue doing what he's doing now, he should be hired as the new full-time head coach after the mm-hmm. year's over. Yeah, because so far he hasn't been doing too bad. You know, he's one of one, but... Again, it's a Browns team, so what what else can you expect really? That is true. Uh well, he's won yeah, he's won one going into the season he's already won already tied Hugh Jackson's record going into the season for wins. What with Hugh Jackson went into this year with only one oh, win. Oh yeah, that's true, that's true. Yeah, I'm I'm like boy second that guy only got three losses in his coaching I mean three wins in his coaching yeah, career. So I'm like, so going into the that. year he only had one though, so yeah, yeah, it's true. What do I think about this? It's an interesting move, nonetheless, to go to the other team in Ohio to be their uh, the special assistant to the head coach. I guess because he was so bad, I guess they need to hire him to learn under a really good coach in Cincinnati. But no, I I think it's hands down he's not a head coach. He's meant to be an offensive coordinator or a special mm-hmm. teams guy. Yeah, I I think you're right in that aspect. I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm just see, saying the title, but. I don't see him ever being a head coach again in the no, NFL. I really neither don't. Do I. I, think, I just don't think he's good I think good he's enough. already been like, exit stage right, you're not getting another chance. No, there's no no way he would. 
it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be an interesting two games when they play the Browns again. Of course, I, I I'm being a I'm not really a Browns fan, but since we're in Northeast Ohio, I would prefer the Browns to win over Cincinnati personally. That's just me, but. It's an interesting move nonetheless. I really don't know my football, so I can't really comment on it. But this I can comment on. Mount Union, where Mac and I do go to college at. Mount Union plays Denison this Saturday at Mount Union Stadium in the first round of the Division Three playoffs. Mac, Denison has a 19-win, 6-loss, and 1-tie record. And that stat is courtesy of our very own sports director, Joe Merton. Shout out to Joe. Phenomenal guy. And this is, that record is against Mountain Union in all of their meetings throughout the years. Uh, a little bit more, Denison was in the OEC, too. And then they got moved to, I don't know what conference it was. But it's, it's going to be They're interesting. In the NCAC. Okay, thank that's, you. That's the name of it because, yeah, we're the OAC there, like the North College, Northern College Athletic Conference or something. Northern like that. College Athletic Conference, I think that's what they are. Okay, well, oh well. So, so ba- I, I don't know. This so, is so basically, who do you see winning this? I I have not seen any stats on Denison. I do not know how good they yeah. are, but all I, I know is that another thing I want to mention though. My sister goes to Denison. Really? Yeah. She's a freshman there. Really? Plays soccer. Oh, wow. So she might actually come to the game Saturday. I, I don't know. You, she'll, you she'll got, you got busy it. with soccer. You, you, ha- you have to persuade her, man. You have to. Uh, well, I, I don't know. I still see Mount Union doing coming out with a win. Think about it. Mount Union, in the playoffs, they've only been stopped from going to a stag bowl once that I can remember since 2004. Yeah. And that was the year before last year, my... Your freshman, freshman year was year, the year yes. they lost to Mary Harden Baylor in the... Mm-hmm. I think it was the game to go to the Stag Bowl. It was yes. down in Texas. And uh-huh. we lost to Mary Harden, Harden and Baylor, and they ended up winning it all that year. Yes, they did. And then we came back and we beat them for that Stag Bowl the next year. We have 13 titles now, so in a playoff game... I don't see you stopping Mount Union. I really no, don't. No, do I. And in here, in here, we've only been stopped once in the last, I don't know how many years, and that was by John Carroll. Yep. Wait, no, Our no, biggest no, no, rivalry. No, you got us at J.C. Who? J.C. Who? Yeah, exactly. It's who it is, J.C. Who? We don't know who J.C. Yeah, we've is. been stopped by, the only time Mount Union has been stopped in the last, I don't know how many years, is by J.C. Who in the fall of 2016. Yep, yeah, I keep that good rivalry going. But... I, I do see Mount coming out with the win again. Like I said, I haven't seen any stats on Denison. I don't know how they look, what their record was. You know, don't get me wrong. The all-time record against Mount is intimidating with 19 wins and six losses and a tie. But that was years ago. Last time we played them was, I think, about what, 85 maybe. I'm not sure. At least that was the first, the first time we played them was 85. But, excuse me, I think that... They have a very good chance of winning this game. I wouldn't doubt it one bit. I'd have to look. Uh, so, yeah, I believe Mel will come out on uh, top with that. So, that will take us to the end of Episode 4 of Baller's Paradise Podcast. We, we we appreciate you guys listening. Matt, can you have any final thoughts? Nope. Just 
continue listening and don't be afraid to ask us questions. No, we and, love it. We absolutely and, love it. Um, give us feedback, even if it's constructive criticism. Yes, we would really appreciate would really any appreciate feedback that. that you guys would give to us. So for myself, Alex Arbogast, and Matt Gilbert, we thank you guys for listening to episode four of Ballers Paradise Podcast. And remember, guys, have a great day, drive safe, and ball is ball out. life. Ball is life. Good night, everybody. Night.